This is a whole observatory podcast. Hello and welcome to Star Stuff, a podcast by Lowell Observatory. I am Cody Halfman. And I'm Madison Mooney. I am Lowell's writer in our marketing department. So we have two moon names here today, which is very fitting. Mm-hmm. And your title's cooler than that. What's your actual title? Oh, I am our content marketing specialist. Sounds pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, writer, writer sounds cool too, but... Uh, I, I write words, make words sound pretty. And today we have John Compton, who also works at Lowell, and he's going to talk about the moon. The Hello, moon. John, and who are you? Hooray, hooray. Uh, thanks for having me on the podcast, pals. Uh, yeah, so my name is John. Um, I work up at Lowell, doing a bunch of different things. Um, just a big fan of the moon in general. Um, my background is in physics and geology and geophysics. And so I really enjoy sort of, sort of these rocky planetary structures are, are kind of my go-to the moon and asteroids and things like that. And you, you got your education in geology, right? I should know. Uh, so my, my, uh, education is in theoretical like geophysics. So, um, doing math for geologists, uh, but you know, I've got I've got the earth science side, I've got the physics side, and the math side, and I just sort of um, I shipped them and uh, made it into one thing, and that's what I do. You shipped them. <laughs> yeah. You shipped geology and math. Yeah. Aww. One true pair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Match me in heaven. So we all love the moon here, unlike Wesley, who hates the moon and wants to blow up the moon, apparently, which I, I don't think would do good things for our oceans. Um, yeah, I have to turn down the mic whenever we bring up the moon because he gets so animated and upset. Um, he just has beef with the moon. Like, he thinks that all astronomers should hate the moon. Um, and John, you can probably talk on this better than we can because it blocks the night sky. I mean, the moon is part of us. The moon is part of Earth, right? Um, from you know, a gravity standpoint and also a material standpoint, the Earth uh, made the moon. The moon came from parts of Earth. It's it's basically touching us, uh, and it's so our baby. that's like saying, "Oh, the mountains blocking the view of the night sky." So I don't like the the mountain. Well, let's here. make um, let's make a case for the moon today. I guess. Um, and then Wesley can cry as he listens to this episode. And in the next episode that Wesley's on, he can offer his case and we can just go back and forth into eternity. We are curious, besides being emotionally attached to the moon, I don't know much about it outside of lore. Um, I know that we recently did a live stream. Uh, we did a live stream of the partial lunar eclipse. Was that November, I think? And John, you were actually one of our guest speakers for that. So um, we have so many questions. I want to start out with just what is moon? Uh, what is it? How did what, it get made? What our moon? What our moon? Can you uh, can you give us an idea of what this is besides a cheese rock in the sky, please? Yeah. So so our moon, cheese rock in the sky. Our moon, <laughs> you like right, Is named moon, right? Um poetically called Luna or a bunch of other names. Um, but uh, any moon is just a natural satellite. So it's just, uh, you know, a natural, like 
space station doesn't count. Uh, and then a satellite, meaning that it, you know, orbits earth in a relatively steady way. It's not, it's not just kind of whipping around and about to be cast off again. Uh, it's, you know, it's part of our, uh, little gravitationally bound group, right? So lots of things have moons. Our moon is just the first one we noticed, right? Um, it's huge. It's got cool patterns on it. Uh, you know, and it provides light at night. So, um, our moon is just a natural satellite of the earth. You mentioned the name of the moon is some, it's sometimes is known as Luna and it is also the name of the moon. Can you be, um, can you explain that a little bit? So how can our moon, and then there's the moons of Jupiter and the moons of whatever other planet just be called moon, or is there like a scientific proper name for our moon? So if you really wanted to get specific, you would say earth's natural satellite. Right. And colloquially, that is a that is a moon. And, you know, a moon is defined as that. Um, and so if you're talking about capital M moon, uh, Luna, right up there, that was the first one we saw. And we sort of thought it was the only one probably for quite a while. And, um, you know, it wasn't until the discovery of like the moons of Jupiter and uh, that we thought it was anything besides, you know, a quote unquote planet. We just thought it was a planet up there, meaning just a wandering body. Um, so. Uh, moon, our moon came first, right. In the naming. And then they were like, ah, other things have moons too. Um, so it became like that lowercase moon. Um, so sometimes people will either refer to, uh, our moon as Luna to differentiate it, or they'll refer to the term moon as natural satellite. It doesn't quite roll off the tongue as nicely. No, it doesn't. Uh, sounds really geeky. <laughs> you can get some, some interesting, like, who's on first stuff with, with moon. The moon, the moon. Yes, moon, the moon. Um, and Luna is where we get, like, lunacy, right? Mm -hmm. Lunacy, lunatics, um, you know, a ton of stuff like that. Looney Tunes. Exactly. Yes. Oh, is that, a, is that a brand name? Should I avoid saying things like that? <laughs> no, no, we love... We love Looney Tunes and Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Okay. <laughs> I, I also have the urge to burst into song a lot. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I'm sure everything's licensed. So if I... Please do. Our episode for the black holes, they kept saying supermassive black hole. And I kept bursting into song because that's one of my favorite Muse songs. And I had to cut all of it because, uh, no. you know, lawsuits. So, which is probably good. I just mute myself a lot. It's fine. That's the safest bet. So speaking of Luna and lunacy, um, the moon starts a lot of crap. Like there's so much gossip surrounding the moon. Um, a lot of it's negative. Like Luna is crazy and you've got werewolves and you've got witches um, and all of this lore originates or surrounds like moon. So can you explain maybe, can you give some insight into that? And this might be something that Maddie, our resident goth on the team, can talk to a bit more. But I'm curious, like, why Why is it so – what's with the lunacy? Well, John, if you – should we start with the, the science-y stuff or should we get into the, the woo-woo type stuff that astronomers hate first? What do you – what do you think? I mean, I can talk about the non-woo-woo side of the woo-woo. You know, the moon um, is – interesting right it's huge and it's up there all the time always watching always over our shoulder 
Okay, now I hate the moon. Never mind. <laughs> is, is the moon creepy? Yeah, you oh just God, made it creepy. She's beautiful. She's a beautiful <laughs> baby. I love her. The big old sky egg. No, she, um, you know, civilizations around would look up the moon, look up at the moon and say like, oh, that thing's huge and cool. Um, let's, uh, let's make stories with it. It's a thing we can't get to. Um, and it's it's interesting that we keep calling the moon she because that's actually something that you see across a lot of cultures is the moon or goddesses or figures associated with the moon being these feminine, maternal, usually very beautiful figures, um, which is it's so interesting that so many different cultures that never really had contact with each other all looked at the moon and went like, that's a girl. <laughs> Yeah. And um, even, you know, we talk about um, a gibbous moon and a crescent moon. Uh, gibbous just means pregnant. Hmm. So we're talking about the, the moon being pregnant. It's this, um, uh, you know, nurturing, caring figure up there in a lot of cultures. Well, and then you've got the sun. It's like fiery and destructive and, you know, gives you slow death and cancer. So you don't like to relate maternal feelings with that. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's oppressive. It's hot. You know, it's, um, relentless. Uh, the moon is gentle, provides light. It's cool. Um, it's, it's got blue colors to it. And that goes back into uh, witchcraft too. I know Maddie and I love to talk about witchcraft, but oh, I Maddie, talk all about that. Yes. What have you found online about the moon and witchy? So much. Um, I, let's see. Where should I where should I even begin? So first you got the Greek goddess of witchcraft, the night, the moon, ghosts, and necromancy. Hecate. I thought it was Hecate. I think you can also pronounce it that way, but the internet said that it's Hecate. But basically she's like the coolest person goddess being ever. She's she's just out here doing the absolute most in Greek mythology. Um, and she's also represented You'll, you'll see it in, in like witchy stores sometimes, the triple goddess symbol. Um, so it's a waxing crescent, a full moon in the center, and a waning crescent. So basically it's this full moon being flanked by two crescent moons. Um, may or may not have it tattooed on the back of my neck. Cannot confirm. Um, I have a necklace like that with yeah. the full moon in the middle and the crescents are shaping mm -hmm. the uh, facing the opposite ways. Yes, I that no is idea. the symbol of Hecate. Um, and it symbolizes her three forms that she appears in. I, I think this is how she's able to be in charge of so much stuff because she basically is three different beings. Um, like so most women appears, have to be. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. She's a metaphor for the modern woman. Um, she has three forms, the maiden, the mother and the crone. So once again, we're seeing this like maternal type of and I, I hate the term crone personally, but basically it just means like young woman mother and old woman um and basically she will use all three of these forms to manage different parts of the earth mostly like spooky things that go on in the night and she's just really cool i could i could keep going on about her but i relate with the crone form um yeah right. immediately relatable that's uh because i think of like witch when i think of crone like kind of like an old like bent over kind of old lady yeah and that's that's kind of how she looked yeah um so i you know i should have looked into this more <laughs> but um basically she'll based on what she's doing 
in mythology or just in general, she'll have a different form. So I like to imagine that when she's doing witchy stuff, she's kind of in her like witch form, like old crone. And like, that's, that, that's like end game for me. That's my retirement plan is to become that and like a cottage in the woods. Like all the local kids have rumors about me, but I'm actually really cool. And I'm just making like stew or something. That was my Solid goal. Plan. Yeah. When we moved here to this house, I just was like, the best way to get your neighbors to leave you alone is make sure they think you're a witch. So I wanted to like paint the mailbox black. And, uh, right now we have Christmas lights with a star, like a, and a Pentagon upside down on the window is our Christmas decoration. <laughs> so, Amazing. uh, the goal slowly achieved by the time I think we move out of here, everyone's going to be convinced that this is a house of witchcraft, but I want that for us. Um, you know, the, the lunar cycle is where we get months from, right? Month and moon share root words. Um, and so like the, the, the lunar cycle defines the month. And so we have a lot of like, um, interesting calendar based lore around that sort of thing. Uh, and then, you know, people say, oh, the, the, the full moon is when the, is when all the witchy stuff happens and werewolves and crazy things at night. And my personal, uh, thought is that, well, that's just when you notice all the weird stuff at night because the moon is very, very bright and it illuminates things and people sneak out at night to do weird stuff. And uh, (laughs) you just happen to see them when the full moon's out. (laughs) (laughs) Not speaking from personal experience. (laughs) And yeah, so talking about the moon and how uh, it kind of led to our calendar system uh, going back to Greek mythology, I also will talk about some other mythology if we have time. Um, also in Greek mythology, uh, she kind of has a little cameo in the story of Persephone's and ha- Persephone and Hades. How uh, people like to pretend the story is really romantic, but it's actually kind of messed up. He just she was just p- picking flowers one day, and he came out of the underworld and snatched her away from her life, um, and. Hecate actually witnessed this and was the one who informed, at least in the version of the story that I came across, um, she helped Demeter look for her daughter um, and basically was like, hey, uh, your kid has just been dragged into hell. Uh, <laughs> Tale as old as time. <laughs> yeah. I was say, is, is Hecate the, the Gaston of this Hecate's story? Hecate's Gaston. Yes. Trying to get um, the inventor to go help find his daughter. Persephone is Belle, Hades mm-hmm. is the Beast, Beast, yep. and Demeter is the crazy father, inventive yeah. father. I, like, mm-hmm. I always like the dad. I love him. He, he's just like adorable, you know. Anyway, uh, but the reason why I said that is because Maurice. that is Maurice. Sorry. Yes, sorry. <laughs> the reason why I brought up that story is because that is basically how the Greeks explained the changing of the seasons. When Persephone is in the underworld, that's when we have winter, um, and when she's with her mother, that's when we have spring. Um, uh, to go back to what you said about calendars, um, do you think the moon kind of affected our view of the seasons as well? Yeah. The, the lunar calendar was like one of our first calendars, right? Because it happens far enough apart that it's useful. Um, but also short enough that you can, um, sort of see, see it happen as opposed to like constellations being markers for times of year. Um, the lunar cycle is, uh, a calendar for a marker for times of, of, um, uh, 
you know, months in the year, right? So it's, it's a quicker turnaround. So you can, you can track things by it a lot easier. Am I allowed to talk about periods? I was just thinking it and it's like <laughs> impossible to not think. Cause you're thinking about like the moon represents feminine. We're talking about moon lunar cycles and it's 29 days. Like, you know, maybe there just are coincidences in the world, but that's pretty dope. Could be based on some kind of circadian rhythm type thing with um, the full moon being bright. That's a guess, uh, though. Apparently. I'm just making stuff up now. <laughs> I was just going to say that I've I've once heard to or I've once heard of like a young woman's first period as a first moon party, or like people have like first moon parties. Yeah, that might have just yeah. been from a sketch that I saw on the internet forever ago, but it was really funny. Anyway, it's a real thing. Your first Sorry. moon party. <laughs> it is, and it's like the the theme is like lunar i think that's yeah. pretty cool i never had one of those i kind of wish i had one of those that kind of would have been fun i would have killed my mother <laughs> that's not happening I, but i still think it's cool yeah definitely like we're coming up on what the wolf moon the the full wolf moon the um the fun name moons are all just kind of made up i don't oh. <laughs> they're like just for funsies oh. um <laughs> like well, bummer <laughs> usually like the first moon first full moon of a month but you know the the calendar has been messed around so much based on like uh white guys who named <laughs> the months after themselves wanting more days in that month are you serious um and so like yeah oh, yeah, yeah. yeah um and so uh, wait, 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 can all, you tell me more the, about that the, oh i don't know a ton but like you know you think um augustus right wants more days in um, his month of August. So, you know, like you sort of like say, well, February gets a little bit less. And then everyone's like, well, yeah, I mean, who cares about February? Let's take a little more off February and a little more off, you know, and then I want to have 31 days in mine and blah, blah, blah. And so it no longer coordinates with the moon cycles super well, which means you have more or less full moons. And so like these named months or named moons um, are sort of like the fun, Hey, the first full moon in October, we call the blah, blah, blah moon. Right. Um, but those would have to have been named after the modern calendar. Otherwise it's just that moon. What about, uh, werewolves and the moon? Do you, do y'all know anything about that lore and why it's connected? Is that going back to like seeing more creatures at night? I believe so. I was, I was going to say, I have a theory, but it's related to periods again. And I don't know if we want to keep going. I know that like <laughs> clinical life, like anthropy and stuff like that. Um, uh, you know, there's always clinical like anthropy. Yeah. Yeah. That's an, that's the thing. Clinical like anthropy is like people that believe um, they are lycanthropic, uh, meaning werewolf. Um, but I think a lot of these things come back to, um, sources of like cannibalism back in the day and um you know we get some of the old legends like like i, I believe like like canthropy lichen or, or was named after some guy back in the day um who was supposedly cannibalistic or something like that and we think oh a person couldn't do these horrible things that we see sometimes and we see um instances of of um mental illness back in the day and you say oh well it's got to be something something crazy because a person wouldn't do that. And then, you know, you see things moving on a full moon and you think, Hey, let's put these two together. 
Yeah, um, you will find historically that a lot of uh, mythology and lore was created to explain very normal human things. Mental illness is is one of the big ones. Uh, we have the whole concept of female hysteria, that, that good old concept. Um, yeah. Salem witch trials, when really the women who were being prosecuted and murdered were probably just a, a little weird, I don't know, or just weren't what was considered the standard of a woman at the time. Yeah. My uh, great, great, great aunt was one of the Salem witches. What? Yeah, it's pretty cool. But uh, it's interesting. We still have the connection to like women, man, getting the short end of the stick here. I mean, we got did the she, moon. So did she die? She did. She's, uh, oh she gosh. was, uh, yeah, she was hanged. Uh, and then our family would go like visit the, Salem witch trial museums, which is pretty neat. Um, oh man, I, w- I would have been burned in the Salem witch trial so fast. The <laughs> same. John, we have a bunch of sciencey questions for you. So I have one that's a good, maybe like a transition from woo to reality. Uh, what's on the dark side of the moon? This is a question we get a lot. Um, so the dark side of the moon isn't, isn't like light dark. It's like radio dark. Um, and it basically just looks like the front, but with less dark gray parts. Um, the dark gray parts are the Mar, um, and they're sort of this metallic, um, basaltic lava flows. And we don't have those on the backside. So the backside is mostly just highlands and it's been beaten up pretty heavily by, uh, impacts. So it just looks like a big bunch of pumice back there. Um, but it's, it's radio dark because when, you know, the, um, Apollo missions went around the moon uh, to orbit it. When they were back there, no one could talk to them. But it gets just as much light as anything else. And when you say Mar, is that like sea? Like the sea? Yeah, yeah. So it's related to the word for sea. Um, And that's why we get the names of all those parts up there, like um, Sea of Tranquility, Ocean of Storms, Ocean of Rain, Sea of you know, nectar, whatever. Um, they're all named for oceans because you look at it and it looks like water, right? It looks like seabeds. Um, but also the lava was very, very thin. And so it did flow a lot like, um, oceans and filled in like these basins and things. You, you kind of already said it, but I was going to be like, it's funny because there's literally no water up there. So there's a little water up there. Oh, that's, Ooh, yeah. why don't you tell us about that? Cause yeah, that was one of our cool. things we were going to bring up. Tell us. Well, there's, there's definitely frozen water. Right. Um, but you know, I think back in like 2009, um, they found signs of like hydrogen and oxygen, um, from some different sources, um, kind of scanning the, scanning it up there. And then, uh, fairly recently, um, they, they used Sophia, which is that telescope in that, in the Boeing 747 that a lot of our educators use, uh, when they get good grants for stuff. Um, and it, it determined that it was actually water, 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 but it's, it's like one part per thousand. Um, so like, um, one gram per kilogram up there is water in some of these zones, but that's still really cool. Um, because, uh, we can use it for drinking water. Uh, there's this whole plan to use the moon as kind of a jumping off place to go explore Mars, explore the rest of the solar system, and uh, the idea is that if we use that um, jumping off area, we um, 
if we get our water and fuel there, we won't have to bring it up from earth, which is super, super costly to bring up fuel and oxidizer and water. Um, so instead the idea is that we, um, send like a spaceship with nothing on it for supplies, basically, um, up to the moon, it lands. Um, and we've got all this water that we've mined from the surface and turned into fuel and oxygen and drinking water. And then we can fuel up the ship there and send them off right where, um, the moon has much less gravity than the earth. So it'll be, um, it, it doesn't cost as much to, for every kilogram of fuel you're trying to, um, bring up. If we were to hypothetically launch a rocket or something from the moon, I, I, in my mind, I feel like I've read that it would be easier because it's like already out of the atmosphere. So it would be easier to get like a good launching point from the moon. But would that mess up like our gravity or the moon's orbit or anything like that? Yeah. The idea is that there's less gravity on the moon and there's no atmosphere. So you have, you'd have no atmospheric drag, but also gravity is the thing that you spend rocket fuel to overcome. So less gravity equals less fuel, um, which is easier to do. Uh, as far as it affecting anything, um, the moon is big, right? I mean, it's small realistically, but it's, it's a big enough chunk of rock that a rocket ship blasting off from it. It's not going to affect it, um, in a, in a noticeable way. I always think of it as like really small, like a little baby, little baby rock. It's big enough that it's got, uh, enough gravity. You can walk around. Um, and then you look at it and it's, you know, it's, it's not nothing. It's not like a little asteroid or something like that. And even an asteroid, you know, you're not going to do much by jumping on it. Can you talk about how the moon was formed and if we have any of these, the same rock formations on earth and, um, more pointedly, I'm curious, like, is there anything in researching the type of rock on the moon that will tell us about the earth that's useful for scientists here? Yeah. So, um, I guess maybe I'll answer that a little backwards. Um, the reason we care about the moon is because it's part of earth, right? Uh, long, long time ago, barely after the beginning of the formation of the solar system, earth would have been this big ball of lava, right? We call it the Hadean time period. So Hades, the God of the underworld, um, and earth was basically this inhospitable ball of molten rock, right? Dope. And, um, uh, an object that they believe was roughly the size of Mars. That's been called Thea basically sideswiped the earth, right? A glancing blow. And from that, it knocked off a bunch of this lava and then earth would have had rings of this material for a while. And then as it cooled it, um, you know, gravity works like there's a bigger chunk and it attracts other chunks. And then, um, the moon slowly formed like that. So it formed from the earth, uh, chunks literally getting ripped off of the earth and thrown into space. Um, uh, but it happened in a time period where earth's, um, rock layers weren't really well differentiated. So you've got some kind of like rocks mixing together in different ways. So we get this interesting combination of like silicates, um, and then a lot of like really heavy metal stuff too. You've got mostly basalt and anorthite, which is like a, a feldspar type thing. So you've got this really magnesium and iron rich rock. And then you've got this like really light, um, silicate, you know, silicon based rock. Uh, yeah. So at first the moon was just a giant ball of lava, like anything else that's coming together into a, a ball, right? Um, gravitational forces create a lot of 
friction and a lot of heat when things fall together into a, a sphere. Then the moon started to differentiate. So this feldspar cools and um, it makes what's called the highlands on this. This is like outer crustal layer. And then inside you've got the basalts, which um, are metallic and they flow really, it's, it's quite thin. So it kind of floods all over the place. Further down, um, you know, we know that the moon likely has a, an iron core like, like most things. Those are, those are just a sampling of the layers of earth, right? Earth has similar layers. Now, if earth was a little bit older, uh, we would have only gotten one kind of rock type, right? If it, if this Thea object had glanced the side of earth and knocked off just regular silicate rocks, that's what the moon would be made of. But because it got it in this not fully formed, everything was still like blended together. So it was able to go through its own separation. So the moon was literally part of Earth, which is why we care about it. So for a long time, there was the mystery of why Earth's numbers, like uh, abundance of certain elements was off by a lot. Um, and it turns out it's the exact proportions of the moon rock. Right. And that's further proof that the moon came from Earth, but there's a lot of other proof. So they did these calculations and they found that something was missing in their calculations when they were looking into the geology of the Earth. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yeah. So they they were looking at the geology of the Earth and saying, like, this is what the Earth should be composed of. And we're missing a large amount of these certain um, minerals, certain rock types. And then later when they did the sampling of the moon, they're like, huh, it's got those exact minerals and rock types and um, in the exact amount that earth is missing weird the moon is a great way to look back at the the past of the earth because you know the moon didn't have big tectonics it doesn't um, erode right there's no big oceans there's no wind there's no atmosphere and there's no tectonics to move move the surface around so what's what's there is locked in right it can be disturbed by impacts and things like that but when we're studying um, the surface of the moon, it's an, an old, old, old view of what Earth would have also gone through. Um, and so we can compare the Earth and the moon in that, in that, that way uh, to learn a lot about our past. Little baby time capsule just floating yeah. out there. From getting body checked by some asteroid named Thea. Got hip checked into the atmosphere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One more question. This one might be a little bit specific because, as I mentioned, we did our partial lunar eclipse live stream in November. Uh, I hope I have that right. Was that in November, Maddie? It feels like so <laughs> long asking. ago. We were up until like three. <laughs> I have no concept of time whatsoever. Yeah. You're asking the wrong person. It was in the fall. Um, we were up very late doing that live stream. It was super fun. And I remember... And it was actually, John, during your segment when you were our guest speaker there, the moon was pink. And um, I'm curious why it had this like red, pinkish, almost neon glow to it when it had that partial lunar eclipse event. Yeah, for a uh, a fun metaphor, or uh, no, it, it, pretty accurate, um, just without a lot of jargon. When you, When you have an eclipse, the earth is in front of the moon right from the sun's perspective. So you've got the sun um, shining its light on the earth and there's a big shadow cast by the earth onto the moon. Well, light's still going to get around to it, right? And it's going to get around to it from the edges, 
right? Light's going to get around the edges of the earth and bend and kind of like get to the moon. Well, um, when you see sunlight coming just over the edge of the earth, um, we see that during sunset or sunrise. And uh, the light during sunset and sunrise is pinks and reds and oranges. And so like it it is truthful to say that um, it's because during an eclipse, the only light that's hitting the moon is sunset light or sunrise light. Oh, that makes so much sense. But it's got to do with like Rayleigh scattering. Oh, yeah. I remember, um, I remember always like growing up in Houston thinking that the sunsets were just unparalleled beauty because they were amazing. This like huge array of colors. It wasn't just pink and red. It was like all these deep like purples and all this stuff. And I learned later it was because of uh, pollution. <laughs> kind of oh, killed no. it for me. I know. Yeah. <laughs> the more bits you have, the more it spreads out the colors. Yeah, it was uh, gorgeous. I mean, you know, ozone death is pretty, but geez. So I'm actually really sad because I think, I don't know if people can ask questions on Wiki Answers anymore. I think the website is kind of just like this archived thing that gets broken if you click too many bu- buttons, but I still love it very much and it's still a gold mine. So the three questions I'm going to ask you are from Wiki Answers. And the first one is this. If you spent one year on the moon, how many years would go by on Earth? I have no idea. Like one. <laughs> I mean, I was like, wait, is this a trick question? I don't, I don't, maybe you don't find this as funny as I do. Cause. <laughs> well, um, actually whether we're just talking about the twin study, um, where there was a twin, one twin in a satellite and one twin on earth and one was like 0.9 seconds older or something like this. So I think the earth would be, just under a year. All right. Uh, challenge for our listeners. Um, get in the comments. Calculate it. You should be able to calculate it in Excel or just on a sheet of paper. A lot of these equations are, are easily known. Find them on Wikipedia somewhere and tell us, um, you know, how long uh, it would be. It's not going to be much, but you can find out. But a year. <laughs> About a year. A year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So my, the next question, and I, I feel like Wesley could have ghost written this one. Do we need the moon? (laughs) No, we don't need anything. What would happen if we didn't have the moon? Would our tides go crazy? Um, we, we would still have tides, but they'd be solar tides. Um, the sun still provides a fair amount of tidal force on the earth. Um, I, I don't know. It'd just be kind of boring, I suppose. Um, not, Real not dark. much would, would change day to day. I suspect, um, we, we would have tides. A lot of species rely on tides and tidal forces. Um, but I don't think the earth would care too much. And, um, we'd still have some tidal action, but it would be, it'd be solar instead. But if we're going to go more big picture with this, I feel like it would create some kind of like just biological domino effect that would probably wipe us all out right i mean if oh like if the moon just suddenly wasn't there or if it blew up like wesley keeps claiming he wants to happen (laughs) that's right i think the a lot of a lot of the effects would be like societal like we'd say 
that's weird. Things don't just disappear. Um, what is happening? <laughs> is the simulation breaking down? Yeah. Um, it got upset at Wesley's comments and it just. The moon was like later moon days. just forgot to render. Don't. <laughs> I don't need this. I don't need it. And then my last question Is the moon real? Hot take. Yeah. Hot take. It's a hundo percent real. Um, Source. It's, Source. It's, it's, <laughs> Source. Uh, my eyeballs. Um, yeah, the moon is rad. Uh, yeah, it's real. Are there any flat mooners out there? Um, something I've learned just from modding our our YouTube chats is I, I feel like when you're a flat earther, by extension, you also believe that space is fake, which includes all of the, you know. Basically, our, our jobs would all be pointless because we're just looking at uh, fake lights in the sky. Um, projected we're just a part onto, of a huge conspiracy. Yeah, projected onto the giant dome over our flat Earth. I will say that to um, something moving fast enough, the Earth is flat, and so is the Moon. Um, from spatial dilation, when you you know start to get into relativistic speeds, um, so. A photon sees a flat universe, uh, and, a, and a sufficiently fast rocket sees a flat Earth. John, I will have a breakdown right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't do. make me think about. Don't I'm just saying, flat Earthers are closer to light. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, I'm all out of questions, but I do have one honorable mention. There's some some sweet sweet summer child. <laughs> Which just was someone was just really excited for the release of Twilight New Moon on DVD, and they asked when it was coming out on DVD at least ten times. (laughs) I hope they got their um, Twilight New Moon on DVD. Maybe maybe they were hoping it was going to come out on a new moon, so they thought that like scientists would know. Maybe I'm trying to give them a lot of credit here. (laughs) Yeah, they're they're probably like thirteen. Yeah. I didn't know who else to ask. <laughs> uh, fun fact, the moon is leaving the Earth at about the rate your fingernails grow. <gasps> so every time you clip your nails, realize that the moon is permanently that much farther away from us and um, will eventually be super distant. Damn it, Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, come back. He didn't mean it. He <laughs> didn't mean it. <laughs> My favorite moon fact is that if you were to stack... Um, elephants from end to end from the earth to the moon most of them would die <laughs> um, we, we at star stuff do not support the uh, the space suffocation of elephants yeah <laughs> we elephant? do not personally endorse uh, throwing elephants into space <laughs> thank you so much for um, joining us on star stuff and talking about the moon to say your catchphrase bye forever nerds there, there we is. go yeah <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by lowell observatory members and subscribers like you 